Welcome to the Semi-Informed Football Podcast, a podcast about everything in the world of European football. Your hosts are Marco and Mark, longtime friends who are not pundits, but have some strong opinions about their favorite sport. Hello and welcome to another episode of Semi-Informed Football Podcast with Marco and... Yeah, we're here to talk about a bunch of things in the world of football. I think we started this out off, Mark, talking that we were going to do this on a monthly basis, but we got so excited about everything happening in, in the world of football that uh, we were starting doing this a little bit more frequently. So, you know, it came down from a month to every two weeks. Now, I think we released one last week. So this is the second episode a week later. I know things are going to slow down for the summer, but um, how, do, how do you think things are going so far? Nice to hear some good feedback from our listeners. Uh, people seem to enjoy the chat. People who, people who don't know the sport are telling me that they're learning a bunch of things. People who do know the sport are, you know, they're liking the points of view that we express. And like you said, it's just, it's a lot of fun for us to put together. Yeah, I love it. And uh, the people that don't know the sport, they don't know any better to call us out on our BS, right? So <laughs> it, it works out like that. So anyway, on the show today, we're going to talk about um, two great finals that we saw over the last few days. Uh, the Europa League final. And we're going to talk about the FA Cup final. And we're going to kind of move this into a league roundup and just a little bit of rumors that we're talking about uh, the transfer season before we kind of wrap things up. So let's start off with the Europa League final between Roma and Sevilla. 100% amazing. So this one was an interesting game. It was a hard fought game going both ways. Excellent uh, game. Yeah. It was an excellent game. I actually had Roma coming out of this one. I thought they just had uh, the momentum and the firepower i thought dipala was an x factor on there where he was going to help out and we saw that play a factor in it but uh it wasn't meant to be with with sevilla winning after the fact but let's go through a few cool points that we saw through the game so first of all dipala had a great goal yeah so right off the the get-go roma had a lot of pressure to start the game i thought you know there was a play in the game who went down it was a roma player went down and sevilla was expecting a call but i believe it was pellegrini Stayed with the ball and made a beautiful through ball. And Dybala, his first touch was impeccable. Without that first touch, he doesn't score that goal. So he makes an amazing first touch and slots it into the far corner. It was just excellent. What you expect from Paolo Dybala to, to do. Yeah, perfect. I think it was perfect placement on the ball too, right? Like I think it's it comes with uh, just being comfortable with with the ball, being comfort comfortable on attack. But yeah, Dabalo, we've seen it before. Earlier on, it was yeah, it was Pellegrini that had another point blank shot at net, and the oh yes, was, yeah, he keeper was just in the right position, and it, you know it just it wasn't meant to be there. But also, uh, do you remember seeing uh, Rakitic ping it off the inside post? Yes, yes. Phenomenal. Right, I think it was right on the edge of the box, right out, outside of the box. But he had a beautiful strike, and it just kind of pinged on the inside and just and it rico- ricocheted, and it ricocheted under Rui Patricio. So it was, it was very... Very close, was, yes. No, no, but it was a good chance that even though it did ricochet off the post, that would hit the keeper and would have went still back into the net. But know, it ended yeah. up missing Rui Patricio as well, right? So so that was the first half. First yeah, half and, and that, that was the, the last five minutes that Sevilla yeah. started pressing like that, yeah. So th- that that was phenomenal. I think it was a phenomenal first half. And I thought, you know, Roma, Roma going in one zip. I think uh, 
you know, the Stillgate could go either way. It was really, really hard fought battle. Then we go into the second half. The goal by uh, by Man- by I guess it was by Mancini, right? It was a deflection. Yes, yeah, an own goal. Un- unfortunate, unfortunate that uh, kind of going down and tying up after such a hard fought game. But uh, you know, it was a deflection in front of the net. What are you going to do sometimes if you're defending the ball that it just hits you and it goes in? Like, what are your comments on that? So. Yeah, sometimes some own goals that you see, you're like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're swinging wildly at it. In this particular case, okay, this is very tough. Sevilla was putting on such pressure, and I believe it was Ocampos who swung the ball in. And and when it comes in, it's it's in a very tight position. It's inside the six. And so it's it's so close. The ball was hit so hard. You'll see even on the slow-mo, it just hits... Mancini on the lap and uh, passes uh, Rui Patricio and into the net. And it happened so fast. So, yeah, an own goal, but it's a really, a really, really tough one. And um, Mourinho got uh, up in a tizzy, I guess, because of a missed handball. So tell me a little bit about that one, Mark. Yeah, so in the first half, Roma had the ball uh, crossing it through the box and it hits the Sevilla player in the hand. However, immediately after I saw it, and I saw the ref too, his arm was close. It was tight to the body. And that's the rule. Your hands have to be tight to your body. Where else can you put them if they're tight to your body? And so that was the, the that was the right call. And right? of course, not for Mourinho, but according to the rules, that was the right call. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see this in the next game that we're covering, the FA Cup final with respect to handballs. Yes. Uh, it's a very kind of dubious rule. Either you're going to call it to the letter of the law or you're going to use some common sense, but it looks like they're calling it to the letter of the law with that. So, yeah, so Marino went a little bit nuts, and I think we all saw the video of him um, accosting um, the ref in the parking garage right after the game. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, Mourinho would stoop to this level. I mean, he's a professional. He's been through many a thing. You know, to do this... And you know it's going to end up on social media. You can't ignore that it, that it wouldn't. It sort of gave fuel to the fire to the fans. So he confronted the referee in the parking garage, gave him a piece of his mind. It sort of opens the floodgates for other people to do, you know, the same. And it was very unfortunate because Roma fans were caught on video trying to attack Anthony Taylor and his family at the airport they even came to one of them one of the fans even threw a chair and the budapest security managed to intervene before the chair hit them they actually had to be ushered into the back of a cafe in the airport just for their own safety and security and for me i think the blame solely goes on uh well not solely but Mourinho is to blame for that because he's encouraging that kind of behavior and that type of behavior just doesn't belong anywhere in our society. So we kind of got a little bit off track, but let's get back to the game. So this game, 1-1, all the way through, all the way through regulation, extra, went right into penalties. Yeah. What happened to the penalties? In the penalties, we had a, a star from the World Cup, a Canadian-born player in net. He played for Morocco in the World Cup, but Bono, the goalkeeper for Sevilla, and he made a save. Uh, Sevilla scored more goals. I think, you know, a lot a lot of sports has to do with mental toughness. And last episode, you talked about the curse of uh, Yaya Toure. In this case, 
it's becoming the sort of the the um, curse of Sevilla or something that you just don't want to be playing Sevilla in the finals of this tournament. They've won the this particular tournament on six previous occasions, and that had to be somehow stuck in the in the minds of the Roma players. And with this win, they're now the seven-time champions of the Europa League. And having said that, this is an interesting fun fact, that Spanish teams have won the last 18 major European finals in which they have faced a non-Spanish opponent. And so that stretches back to Real Madrid's win over Bayer Leverkusen in the 2002 uh, UEFA Champions League final. That's an outrageous record right there. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, I guess it's a testament to, to La Liga. I was just taking a look at Sevilla, how they ended up doing in La Liga. Mid-table, 12th spot. I don't think they took yeah. the storm. But um, it looks like this is this is their competition, right? You know, all, all the power to them. This is their tournament. Like you said, they finished mid-table, uh, 12th place in La Liga. But with this win, they're back in the Europa League next year. Okay, you know what? Uh, I do have a few Roma friends, and uh, they're cursing Rui Patricio to the end of the days, right? Uh-huh. Is it time for him to move on? Like, I, I think we saw in a league match uh, probably a week or two prior that uh, Svilar, uh, it was actually a 2-1 loss to Fiorentina. And it was a loss. However, Svilar had a very, very good game. You think it's his time to kind of take up the mantle in Roma? Or do you think that, you know what, Rui's got another year in him? Or maybe they look somewhere else? No, I think it's in their best interest to move on from Rui. I mean, he's he's had a great career, but it, but it's time. Fair enough. Let's see what happens with that. All right, let's go to the second one. Let's go to the FA Cup final between Manchester City and Manchester United. So uh, blue versus red. And this was in Wembley Stadium, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. So it is crazy. So when you did see the, the fans, just stark blue, stark red. So um, you can't have better than a derby in the final, right? So it was really, really charged atmosphere i don't know this one got off to a little bit of a cracker huh 12 seconds in new fa cup final record ortega and net sends the ball up and there comes captain gundigan a blistering rocket what a beauty he hits this ball out of the air and it's just a beautifully hit beautifully placed perfect weight and the perfect amount of power and 12 seconds in man city's up yeah, it was insane. You didn't even get time to even enjoy the start of the game. 12 seconds in, six touches. Holland bringing it down phenomenally well, uh, just to, to, to kind of take that through. But yes, yes. You see a lot of uh, United fans that were kind of live streaming uh, this event, and they were just in shock because how do you let the middle, how do you let the runners go? Like, it's it's, it's just underwater, yeah. especially so early in the game when you need, you, you know, you have to, you know, set, set things off right, and it's just they kind of fell apart right in the middle. Like they no no interest in sort of defending or even owning that ball. And that's what I talk about staying in your formation. You know, uh, as good as he is, that was Christian Eriksen's man. He should have been covering Gundogan. How did Man United look right after that as a reaction? And again, how how did they look at I guess the beginning part of the game? The beginning part of the game, I thought they it was, it was pretty drab. I thought Man City. Uh, they were controlling the game. They didn't look especially fancy either. I mean, they were just playing a, a well tactical game, if you will. They were playing that control that Pep loves to play. But it was nothing extravagant like 
the we, we're just coming off watching how City destroyed Madrid in that second leg of the semifinal. And so this game was kind of a where is that power team? And then that's that's what happens when you when they don't go after those goals strong enough, you end up with a situation where Man United not many chances, but they'll make the most of it, including the handball. Perfect. And we're leading into the into the handball. So I think we have conflicting opinions on this. So uh, the handball where Graylish was in the in the box and it kind of went up and then it went off of his hand. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that was definitely a handball and should have been called as it is. The way I look at it is that there's something that has to be has to be changed about this rule. His hand seemed like it was in a natural position because like when you're jumping up and you're fighting for the ball, where else is your gonna hand, hand gonna be? Is it gonna be straight at your side? That's not a natural position. Like you actually have to use your hands while you're sort of elevating while doing that. So it went up and it deflected off of his hand and there's the pen. So the way I look at it is is like this for, for a lot of things. Like we have rules, okay? The game has rules. Uh, we might not agree with the rules, but the rules are the rules. Maybe if we don't like the rules, we work towards changing them. But it, I, I just think it's silly to complain about a rule that exists and you know about it. You just don't like it when it doesn't suit your need. Now, having said that, it was the right call. Do I like it? Maybe not. The good news is that I believe that the Premier League or the EFL will be clarifying and simplifying the handball rule. And I think they're going to clarify it so that it must look intentional. But which is the heart of it, which is the heart of it. Like, again, if you had no intention of that being there, however, I, I, I understand. I see some, I've seen this a lot in the World Cup where it's just sloppy placement of your hand. Yeah. I have no problem with that. If it's just sloppy placement of your hand and it impedes like a goal or a potential play, I get that. I do. But there used to be a part of the rule where it's like ball to hand is not a handball. Like if you're rifling a, a, a header or a um, or a kick, we we see it on slow motion, so we're like, oh, that's a handball or whatever, yeah, right. right? But at that speed, when a player is shooting and an arm is flailing, it's going so fast that the chances that it was intentional are slim to none, right? Another thing, uh, so Man City, I, I feel like they were dominant here, but uh, they didn't play the same game as they did against Real Madrid. Kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, because so Man United, <laughs> they were weak. They looked weak. And and we saw that Gundogan scores another beauty. Okay, another like, volley. Another volley. Okay, it, it was another beautiful strike. Go watch the replay. And then it wasn't until Garnacho started getting things going. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up too. I felt like Garnacho coming in for Ericsson about I think it was like 60 minutes into the game or something like that. Um, I could be wrong with that, but that's something that should have happened a whole lot. Of, like, I felt like he brought a spark. So I felt like if you take a look at like an intersection, you see Garnacho on the way up where he's bringing the right power and Jaden Sancho just not being able to do anything in this team. It's, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I, I thought this was an enjoyable game. To your point with Bruno's penalty, I was watching a, a video recap of the FA Cup uh, a bit before we recorded our podcast. And some of the first commenters said that the referee was Man United's best player. So you didn't, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel the same way. But uh, 
Again, this is the this is the double so far. All right, Mark, you mentioned Gundogan possibly leaving. Well, he is leaving City, and where he's going to end up potentially Arsenal. I've heard you know way right back to Dortmund, which would be phenomenal for that team. But who knows where that is? But I've heard a lot of really really interesting rumors with respect to early transfers. I guess the first one you got to throw throw out there because I've seen so much money being offered him. Where's Messi going? This is the biggest story out there. Okay, where is Messi going? Um, on Sunday, after PSG's game, there were reports that officials from a Saudi team were in Paris hoping to get a deal done. The first thing I heard was Messi to Saudi Arabia, two years, $880 million. Unreal. And then on Twitter, it came out that Benzema was going to Saudi Arabia for $643 million over three years. And then after that, I heard the rumor that Messi was going to Saudi Arabia for $1.2 billion over two years. So today, and this is interesting, uh, there was video of Jorge Messi, Lionel's father and agent, in Barcelona meeting with Joan Laporta. He denied it, but there were videos that the two met. So I think his part is in Barcelona the club that brought him up from like a wee 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 lad out from uh, from Argentina. If he signs that $1.2 billion deal, can't he just turn around and buy Barcelona in three years? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very good point. Take them out of bankruptcy, perhaps? Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, no. We all we all know that they're having their uh, their financial troubles. So how, how awesome would that be? And again, who, who better to have him as a figurehead, right? So I, I, I just I really can't see Messi landing in the MLS um, or I don't, I don't know, just even in, in Saudi Arabia, it seems unlikely. However, I did say the same thing with Ronaldo and he ended up uh, there as well. I guess we're just kind of still staying. Uh, well, maybe within the La Liga is that Madrid. Again, you said Benzema is going to be leaving Madrid. Yeah. Uh, Ariana Diaz is going to be leaving Madrid. Mm -hmm. uh, Marco Asensio is going to be leaving Madrid. And to everybody's shock and amazement, Eden Hazard is going to be leaving Madrid. <laughs> such, a, such a big player and such a big contributor to her. No, no, he was a phenomenal player with Chelsea. However, yes, uh, yeah. just, you know, our injury, injuries just didn't make it. Work. Real injuries, too, if we can say that. Yeah. Gareth Bale. Who, who's Madrid going to chase for a striker? Because you know they have to have a striker. That's the Madrid team. Okay, so for those of you out there who don't know, Madrid is known as the Galacticos, okay? Galacticos. The team of superstars. And now they they are they are in need of strikers, okay? They need that bona fide goal scorer. They've enjoyed Benzema, who had his best year last year. Before that, they relied on Ronaldo for so many years. And before that, they've always had a superstar player come over and score goals, okay? So this makes it very interesting. Madrid is not going to back down from spending money. They'll spend the money because they need to keep this uh, top flight club going, right? And I think the big names out there are Harry Kane, Kylian Mbappe, Sadio Mane, Dusan Vlahovic, and Romulo Lukaku. Now, there is talks about Kai Havertz, but I can't see why... Madrid would go after Havertz. What sort do you of think? a false strike. Yeah, sort of a false nine. Again, that's the role he played on the German national team. Uh, somehow Chelsea, I don't even know what they're doing over there. And 
we pick on Chelsea a lot. So again, we're going to leave that alone, but how, how he slots in, but yeah, I don't see Kai within that, uh, that mix. Uh, also you, you missed out on that of Victor Osman. Yes. Yes. So it, out of this, out of this group of characters, I would like to think that Harry Kane gives it a chance. I know he wants to play in the Prem, but really this crop, this could be the best move for him. Yeah, he, he, he is a great player. Um, I've heard rumors of United. I've heard rumors of Bayern, uh, but maybe Real Madrid is that spot. Um, so again, a player that's always really kind of near and dear to my heart, Luka Jovic. He ended up going from Eintracht after a phenomenal year with Eintracht um, and Real Madrid signed him. But that's when, I guess, Benzema was just taking off and being a not a late bloomer. He was always good, but just really kind of getting on in the most recent years. And he didn't get much time. And even when he did get that time, he didn't really get a chance to take off or so. So that's that kind of, yeah, that kind of leads me to believe that I think they're not going to try to gamble on this one. I think they want a bona fide. Like, that's why, like, I feel like a, a Lukaku, you know, where he had a lot of success earlier on in Inter, not as much in Chelsea when he went back that I don't know. I don't see them rolling the dice on that. So I think it's going to be a bona fide player. Um, I, I think, think they so. have very deep pockets. So they're, they're going to play, pay for that player. And then honestly, teams are going to know that too. So again, the asking price is going to be pretty high. So, And to be honest, listen, as, as good as Vinicius is, he's a hard worker. Yeah. But he's nowhere in the class of the players we just named. You know, Mbappe, long time rumor to go to Madrid. That would be very interesting because if he left, um, that would be Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe all leaving PSG at once. And maybe that's what they need. Yeah. No, and that's what they need. But you said one name there, and I think we're going to go on that next. Neymar, is he going? And where is he going? So Neymar has made it well known that he wants to play in the Premier League. Which team could afford him? Which team would give him a chance of competing for trophies? Uh, and I think that team would be Newcastle United. They have the money. They no, could no. definitely use a striker. And they're in Champions League, right? Checks all the boxes. Okay, and another player that we've been talking a lot on our sort of uh, – our rumor of early transfers is uh, Jude Bellingham. So Jude Bellingham, um, I think we, I, I, th I think his boyhood club was Liverpool. And that's a t team where he yes. really saw saw himself going for it. But I think he's been priced out of that market. So I think he's going to go for, I don't know, does, does the number 150 sound realistic? Or is that really what, it, what it's going to take to land him? Well, so today I read that the price is actually coming down. Okay. Uh, it's down to 120 million. Also, though, and this is of particular note, he might require knee surgery this summer. Okay, so that's a big risk to, to pay. He, what is he, 19, 20? Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and a surgery like that. So that, that would be interesting to see. Although, as it stands right now, quality player. But yeah, I think it's, it's really between Madrid and City. City might pull out all the stops, but I think he's going to Madrid. True, true. I believe that too. And another player that had a phenomenal World Cup and his name is on the rise, but Mac Allister. Yes, Great. Alexis McAllister from Argentina, currently playing at Brighton Hove and Albion. Um, yeah, so the rumor is he's going to Liverpool. Uh, I think personal terms were agreed and it's a five-year contract 
And that to me, that's very exciting. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I would love to see McAllister yeah, in our mid. Okay, so we're going to finish things up and we're going to go through our final thoughts. So the first thing up for our final thoughts is, um, I think this is a second one, the Europa Conference League finals between Fiorentina and West Ham. Mark, what's your prediction? Who do you like and what's going to, how this is going to play out? Okay, I think it's going to be a very good game, a very close game, kind of like the, the Roma-Sevilla game. I'm picking West Ham 2-1. to one. Perfect. You know what? I like that score 2-1. to one. However, I'm going to flip the table and I'm going to say Fiorentina 2-1. to one. Um, I think that they've kind of fallen to their own with respect to their attack in the latter half of the season. Cabral, he's he's turning into a great striker. And you know what? He's almost scoring almost every game that he's in. Uh, he's he's taken the top spot. Uh, Nicholas Gonzalez, um, also always contributing, really, really strong player. Like I said, my player from earlier on the podcast, Luka Jovic, he might make a make a showing, he might not. However, he has brought the intensity in the last few matches. So, you know, he's played some games 90 minutes, some games not at all, but deadly in the air, uh, strong, on the, uh, strong on the ground. I think he'll have a great season next season. But again, that's just another one in their arsenal. So that's, it's going to be two to one Fiorentina. And for me, I think for West Ham, you know who I'd like to see score? I'd really like to see uh, Antonio score. Okay, This Jamaican player, he's been uh, with West Ham for a while. He, w- he was their catalyst um, up front, scoring goals, very loyal to the club. Uh, he's up there in age, though. He's up there in age. But I think this is a final. I think he's going to rise to the occasion, and it would be nice to see him score a goal. Awesome. And this is uh, also one for Declan Rice. You know, is this, you know, a, like a, a really great game before uh, an offseason move? Again, you know, we can bring the bring the glory home for West Ham. All right. And up next are under 20 World Cup predictions. So we're down to the semifinals. This Thursday, we have Uruguay versus Israel and Italy versus South Korea. Israel, they just upset Brazil. They beat them 3-2. Marco, who do you have to not only win the semis, but to win the under-20 World Cup? Yeah, and I'm going to be honest here is that I haven't followed this as much as I could possibly have. However, I do like the allure of Uruguay here. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like I said, Israel's strong too. Obviously, these four teams have all been strong. I'm going to go a really different direction here, and I'm going to go with uh, South Korea. Amazing, amazing. So our last our last final thought, our last prediction is for the Champions League final on June 10th in Turkey. Mark, what do you think happens? What's the final score? How does this play out? Okay, so the last episode, I, I did predict that Man City would win. I'm going to say 3-1 City. Oh, amazing. Hey, and for my pick, I'm actually going to pick Inter. I'm going to pick 1-1 through the game, going into penalties. And I feel that Inter is going to pull it through. Ooh. Uh, they, have, they have they have the defense and they have the ability to gum up the midfield. I think might just frustrate City. So that, that's my prediction. Okay, so you think it has got a better keeper? Onana is one of the best keepers in Serie A. Uh, phenomenal with his feet. He's almost like that um, sweeper keeper style. Uh, being able to act as almost the year fourth center back, right? So I do think that, uh, you know, barring any stupid mistakes or so, which he doesn't make often at all, but I think I think he's going to be that sort of X factor as well. Okay, because if you're predicting kicks, it really boils down to the keeper, right? 100%. And I, I do think that uh, 
you know what? He's 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 earned his spot as an elite uh, elite keeper, and uh, I think he'll pull through. All right, so those are our picks for this week, folks. So, Mark, that brings us to the end of our fourth episode. I think we're getting into a groove here. We're really having some great conversation about a lot of things in the world of football, and uh, you know, I, I think we're making some kind of poignant discoveries. What do you think? Yeah, and it should be an interesting summer too. I know that uh, there's a lot to talk about in the transfer market. A lot of major players will be, you know, switching teams. So we're just glad that people like what we're saying and that they tune in. And again, we keep doing it because we just love, we love it. We love talking about it. And uh, tune in for our Conference League, uh, Europa Conference League uh, recap, our Champions League recap. That's going to be hitting the airway shortly. All right. This is Mark signing off. And Marco, thanks a lot for listening. 